Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Hey, Table Talk listeners, it's me, your editor, Audrey. Just wanted to take a moment and let you know that we at the Table Talk team are a part of a charity drive for the month of January, raising money for Doctors Without Borders to support the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. This charity, organized by Ryan from Run DMG, has a bunch of your favorite TTRPG creators backing it who are all giving away rewards at different donation levels. From guest spots on your favorite actual plays to custom-made giant D20s and to TTRPG systems and so much more. Your favorite roleplay girlies here at Table Talk are giving away guest spots to come on Table Talk as guests. We are also giving away a hand-painted Minotaur Mini by Alejandra, accompanied with a backstory and plot hook written by Mariah as well. You might also be able to redeem some donations to have Alejandra and Mariah come play at your online game, either together or separately. You might even be able to interview the Table Talk hosts for your own show as well. The charity can be found at the Tiltify link in the description of each episode for the month of January, as well as in the link in bios on all our social medias at Tabletalk RPG. Any level of donation helps and 100% of the proceeds go to Doctors Without Borders. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. Alrighty, and we are live back at it with another awesome episode of Table Talk. Thank you so much for coming back. And we have another guest episode. I'm very excited because yes. this is a very dear friend of mine. It's a plan. You want to give us a little intro about you, homie, and all of the things that you do and where people can find you? I guess so. Hi, everyone. I'm Andy, also known as ValveMax010 on TikTok and pretty much only on TikTok. I kind of just exist there. I just do little goofy things that pop into my brain every now and then. The people were kind enough to 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 like it and to follow me. And so I, I just am yet another member of this wonderful community. Little goofy things is one hell of an under, understatement because yeah, you... Might you rather I say goofy goober? No, goofy, not goofy goober. I mean, you are a goofy goober and I love your content so much. And it's part of why we became such quick friends. Mm -hmm. But you make insanely hilarious content, especially in the relation to TTRPGs. Like, I think I've busted laughing multiple times when you've come across my For You page. And I think I was like enamored from the jump because I'm like, look at this beautiful teddy bear of a man Mm -hmm. and all the funny things that you do. And then... Like, I don't even remember how we started talking. I think I was just creeping on your comments a lot. You, as far as I remember, you messaged me and you were like, hey, you seem really fucking cool. Do you want to, like, be friends? I think that was literally the way it went. And I was like, why is this, why is this, like, goddess talking to me right oh, now? Oh, no. And, uh, and I was like, I mean, yeah. Adult friendships do be that way. You kind of just have to come and be like, hi, would you like to be my friend? Yes, okay, no, we're friends now. No, yeah, I do I do have the the attitude of, like, I will spy, spy someone that I wish to be friends with, mm-hmm. and I will grab them by the throat, and I'm like, you're mine now. Yes. You're, <laughs> just, coming you're coming home with me. <laughs> that helps a lot because you know I don't know anymore. <laughs> but you are you are also on top of being incredibly hilarious in the TTRPG space. And please, everyone, go look at all of Andy's content because it's incredible. You're also a dungeon master, and the money I would give <laughs> to play at your table is is exorbitantly high. That's man. Listen, you flatter me, but you don't it's, even know. Like it's warranted. The, it's warranted. Are you kidding the, me? Yeah. The amount of work I have to so for for those of you who don't know, I'm in two campaigns. I dungeon master one, and it's just for this group of high school boys that you know I'm really close to and that I'm kind of like a big brother to. And that's kind of gonna gonna play into one of the topics that we're gonna talk about today. But I have to struggle so hard to not look at them and go, are you freaking kidding me with that? Yeah. Because they'll come out of the they'll come out of the room <laughs> with like the most out of pocket ideas possible. Yeah. And I just go, anybody else would say no. However. Like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> like it's, it's sick, so I'll allow it. <laughs> it's yeah. God, I feel that. Especially especially with high school boys, I cannot imagine the chaos. Yeah, that's a different Oh, you don't even know. Give it to me. Give, give me some give me some of the chaos. Give Your me some of the tea. Okay, let me think. One name comes to mind, and that's Hugh. Hugh is last campaign he was a bard. This campaign he's a druid. But he's 
functionally a bard because he tries to flirt with every single person that he sees. And he, every time there's a new NPC that is introduced, he goes, hey, Andy, real quick, scale of one to ten. And I go, I will hit you with a stick. Um, <laughs> He's just trying to get his ass yeah. in. You need to keep a squirt bottle on, on the table. Yeah. You, I, need, like, you know what? A little spray That's bottle. That's a great idea. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm going to go to Dollar Tree as soon as we're done recording here, and I'm going to invest in myself a spray bottle. But, uh, get a little one. Just set it, right? Yeah, right just there. put a little tape on it. Say, no horny. Yeah. yeah it, like how we used I, to have, like, I sit it right on the corner of the table, just envision so yeah. they can all yeah. see it. And I'm like, that's a warning if it chooses to be. That is a deterrent if it has to be. Fill it with, like, yeah, Mountain Dew so, so it gets sticky if you square it. It's even more negative. Oh. But... No, don't. That will mold. That will absolutely mold. That's their problem. That's it's Andy's warfare, problem if, that if, the, if, like, the bottle has to live with him. <laughs> I'd clean it out <laughs> once in a while, I would imagine. True. If you could do Don't Mountain leave Dew. the Mountain Dew in there for, like, a month. I, well, I don't know. Also, but I feel like Mountain Dew is, is to the point where it could it could live a no, while. No, there's sugar in that bitch. If you crack her open <laughs> and, like, the air touch her, no. It gives me the same energy as something that would survive, like, a fallout situation, and you'd find it perfectly I mean, yeah, pristine if it's, like, in a shelter. If it's, seal- if it's sealed, I feel like. You could drink some, <laughs> like, post-apocalyptic Mountain Dew. As soon as you open yeah. it, it's gone. Yeah, it's when the air gets in. Yeah, it would be a Mountain, Dew, a Mountain Dew vintage, if you will. Yeah. Little people, <laughs> Get in there to that sweet, sweet little, Dew. Right, exactly. People don't know this, but little do people know it. Oxygen is actually terrible for you and you shouldn't breathe it i know yeah we're slowly dying it is what is it is what gets killing us oh, yeah. like scientifically yeah yeah there's nobody <laughs> like oxygen that. is like it's like how pineapple eats you a little bit yeah when you eat it that's it just really? breathing air it that's, does. Just, that's just breathing air because it's that's weird. why sometimes when you eat pineapple you get like little like those little sore spots in your mouth mm-hmm is because the pineapple will bite you back yeah we are we're being oxidized just at an extremely slow rate mm-hmm. pineapple got fun you. facts Anyway, go go think about that while the we monster. while we veer on another topic. <laughs> now I want to make a T-shirt that's just a beholder pineapple. <laughs> it's just like oh my go- oh my gosh, I would buy that. <laughs> I want it. I'm not even lying. We'll we'll make it in in I'll, our merch once I'll we start rolling it. that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I oh, I 100 like, yeah. agree with you on the like. At some points, you do got to roll. You got to roll with the chaos. Oh, for sure. And we've talked about it a couple of times where like as a DM, like your your job is obviously to help facilitate a story. Mm-hmm. And there can be times when people encounter DMs that like clearly had some idea planned, but DMs then it, that should just write a novel. Yes, DMs that should just write a novel yes. instead. Yeah. Because if you want the story to play out a very specific way, let me tell you, nine times out of ten, it's not gonna play. Out it's not way. gonna play out that like, way. Cheap. Literally, Ollie and I were just having a conversation about like the next time we play our Strixhaven game, and I was like, oh, "Is there any like?" I was like, oh, "Is there like any particular like? Do you because it's gonna be a long session? So it's like kind of to our last long session. I was like, oh, "Do you want us like come up with any like scene ideas or tell? Is there anything we could do?" And you're like, you were kind of like, "Oh, is there anything in particular you want to like have happen?" And one of those scenes I pitched about, I'm like, I think this would be cute, but I'm also down if it doesn't work out. I will just write it in a book. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or to give an example, right now I'm in a situation, not to address the situation fully, 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 but like prior session, there, like there's a ball that we're going into that is one of the character's brother's engagement ball. Mm-hmm. And so she was having an interaction with her brother, kind of game planning, like what they're going to do to try to sabotage his engagement. Yeah. Cause we're trying to get it where like it's a very talk family and like so the Callista it's our from Bex's character Callista and it's the family's called the Bloodstones actually so we can just drop names yeah. and I don't have to refer to everyone every time and then my character Anya is actually used to date the guy aforementioned brother, brother who is being engaged who is going for his engagement ball he's supposed to be getting engaged and he's oh, still in love with her and she's deeply traumatized and confused about everything but like yeah. has a lot of confused feelings about him as well and it's very very good good food ollie rolls more not ones for that man and he's interactions just a with anya for he's just a simp yeah it's so good it's fantastic bex's character like her and her brother are having obviously like a scene where they're talking about like what's their game plan going in yeah to try to ruin his marriage potential yeah. so ideally like he proposes to people but they turn him down yeah and so like they made a, a bunch of other things like spreading rumors about like his infertility and like mm-hmm. maybe he's got like a cock no. stuck on there and some other shit so they're <laughs> spreading great. all these wild ass rumors and i'm loving it and You're then gonna leave it. it's copper and it's it's turning his whole <laughs> yeah 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 it's, uh, yeah it's <laughs> yeah well that was basically it I mean, it's like oh he like put one and now it's like it, it you know, backfired and now it's yeah. like you know there's nothing he has an artificer like in his in his party so it's like and then that poor artificer because like it's a party of just 
frat bros and himbos because like the only time Darian, that aforementioned brother, is not just a whole ass Chad is around my character yeah. every time everywhere else. Otherwise he he's a certified fuckboy. So it was just all of these fuckboy characters turning toward this poor art- artificer like hey our magic cock brings a thing. And he's like no don't put my name he's on that like, shit. I refuse on principle <laughs> to do that. But yeah like that was one of the there was like a back a backfiring on yeah well not necessarily like like that highly encouraged and then my no but that that yeah particular my, magic item had backfired and affected the size oh, yeah, of yeah, his yeah, yeah. actual equipment yeah but the instance in question is like she makes a suggestion of like hey if nothing else works i'm willing to drop this big bomb about her character mm-hmm. that would be very public to yeah. try to like bring shame on her her own family and make them illegible for marriage. Mm-hmm. And I had a moment as the GM. My heart was in my throat. I had a moment as the GM that I was like, baby girl, if you say that shit with your whole chest in front of the whole court, yeah. let me tell you, it's not going to work out the way you think. And I'm like doing all the calculations. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this will set us on an entirely different course. Like, like we're not going to be at Strixhaven anymore. No, because, fully. Like, it will start us down a path yeah. that cannot be taken back. Anya will have to call in uh, Raina and Oak, who are free. And you will be criminals and my, you'll have to leave scary the city. Yes. To go and like bail her out. Raina may or may not kill Callista's parents. Just like for, who knows? Just what for could the happen? vibes and her in on entertainment. And then like we ha- would have to go to like Anya has elven family that she does not have a relationship with right now. We would have to either go there or to the fucking night court for like who sanctuary. Who knows what it you was would like, have It's to do. no longer like we can't be in Strixhaven. It would anymore. no longer be a Strixhaven campaign. It's a because like, like we will get her because like my character Anya is a vengeance paladin and then Alyssa's character Jack is a barbarian. Dragonborn barbarian. So it's like in my arc finale it was Anya and Jack back to back you know swigging Cutting people through people. That is not this arc. No. This arc is social mm. politics and subtlety and... And, and you cannot pop off in combat yeah. where they're at because you are on the Bloodstone home turf. Yeah. We're on an island. The thing on an island. Yeah. I found out today has an anti-magic fog field around it. <laughs> um, Which I, I thought it was just like a decorative fog field for privacy. And, and I, was I was like, like no, no, you can't cast spells in there. And I'm like, cool. Great. (laughs) And that was because all these characters, Raina canonically snuck in their house and left like a creepy little note. So they're like, cool, we got to up the security on this bitch. So they anti Raina'd their home. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) I had a moment as a GM and I remember like playing through her brother and trying to get, Mm -hmm. you know, those moments where you're like, I as a GM am working through this NPC to try to warn you against this (laughs) idea that you're you're going on. She was pretty set on it. At, at the end of the conversation and I've I mean I've been having to sit with it and like be terrified at the prospect of mm-hmm. what that could mean but I'm also not against it no. I just need like I, I was telling where I was like I need to have a sit down conversation with Bex where it's like hey if you are committed to like fully take that swing by all means it's, just know chances are it's not going to like if you if you say that you will be locked away yeah, it will know, and like, it will it, it will you, set us on a different course. Yeah, and I'm more than willing to explore right. that. Right. I will I will trash everything else that I planned and rework it, and that's fine. But I need you to know the gravity. <laughs> the gravity. When, when of things what pop off, things are yeah. going to pop off. Yeah, it will it will set us down a whole different path. And if you want to do that, by all means, we can go down that road. But you need to be aware of what you're doing. Yeah, and ironically, like also Bex's character in my Vampire the Masquerade campaign when we were working out some of her backstory stuff for her character, mm-hmm. Cecilia, there is some things that Cecilia is doing that I'm fully, I'm like, this is sick and I love it. But if it is found out the Cecilia's punishment will be the final death. And there is no rational way that I can pull that back. So I'm like, I'm happy to have that in play, but I'm like, if that gets to like the Prince of London, it is now on, I, I you know, I'm not going to break all the rules that I was holding everyone else to. Like, yeah. you will have to roll another character. That character will die. Yeah. And like, it's not the, be put in torpor, not take a, a few century nap. Like, they will be left out to the sun in the sun. Executed. <laughs> <Inter-Nash>. Expedition. <laughs> like... Which is fine. Like you could, you could, you have all and the I'm freedom like, in the I'm world happy to do to play that. In it. Like I will do everything I can to like build in some fail safes to like have other people that can, you know, help and divert and try to keep that front. But like keep that secret secret. If it goes all the way tits up, like there's not much I can it do. It will be for out you. of my hands at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you had a lot of those moments? I have, and man, I gotta tell you. 
I, I was going to say earlier, the, the one example I can tell, or I can think of, or the one big one, where Hugh was like, oh, is this person hot? Is prior to this, they showed up to this new town, Langstrom. It's a completely homebrew town that I made up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of like their home hub world that they come back to when they're done with like a big long quest in some other part of the world just to chill burn a few weeks recoup like process some stuff and on their first day in town they're meeting all these npcs for the first time he wanders into a freaking magic shop that he doesn't know who owns it tries to swipe a potion off the desk Mm. meanwhile this really paranoid goblin merchant is just sitting up in the corner watching him and he's like, hey, like man. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's just stealing shit in front of Broadway in front of people. What's up, dog? You uh, you going to pay for that? <laughs> he's yeah. like, uh, I mean, I can. <laughs> like, I wasn't planning. But, <laughs> yeah. I guess. And he's like, all right, cool. Uh, Go ahead and hand me that. And he hands him the potion. And he's like, all right, now get out of my store. And if I ever see you here again, I will be calling the guards. Mm-hmm. And so... Every time he wants something, he has to go to his friends and be like, hey, can you go to Merkin? That's his name, Merkin. Mm-hmm. Can you go to Merkin and just buy some potions, but don't tell him what you're buying them for, because he won't yeah, give them yeah. to you if he knows they're for me. It's like when you're trying to get an older friend to buy alcohol for you. You're just like, I'll give you 20 bucks. Please go get me <laughs> whatever. Can you get me some Coors Light? And then your friend goes, did you really just ask me to buy you the piss that you call Coors Light? <laughs> light is rough you always like i don't i don't know i'm not a beer the guy. judgment calls we made by what people told us to get well actually i never really by the time i was could legally drink i didn't party anymore i was like i'm done you burned yourself I out burned on myself that. from like eight <laughs> really i mean especially from like 18 to 20 after that i was like i'm good i've done all i needed all to i do. needed to get out of my system yeah we're good yeah i never really partied but like when i first turned 21 it was my birthday, and my friend was like, oh, you should try a Guinness. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I tried a Guinness, and we were at a sushi place. So I don't oh, I don't no. know why he told me to get That's a Guinness a with That's a sushi. Beer. And then I go, you know what? I don't think I like beer. Just lap up this foam head to go with this right. California roll, my boy. <laughs> and he's like... Damn. That's atrocious. That's an atrocious pairing. <laughs> That's horrifying. You know what the craziest thing? He went to school for culinary science. So he no. knew better. He did you he dirty. Was, like, he was just like, the taste of the Guinness will overpower no. the bad of the sushi. Incorrect. Was I don't know. Bad? No, the sushi wasn't bad. It's just he knew it was a bad pairing. So he was like, he okay. was he was purposely like, trying to guide so you to that. that mm-hmm. It'll be fine and you'll like it. And I'm like, dog. Yeah, I mean, he used to go do like a fucking Jaeger bomb at the at a sushi place. Place. That's like, not even the worst thing he ever did to me. He convinced me to try chocolate sprite. No. Yeah, that was it was messed up. I'm gonna go on another quick rabbit tail. Rabbit trail. <laughs> I yeah. I have a few ideas of what that might be, and I don't I don't want to ask. Well, oh, I'm about to, I'm about to tell you. Okay. So we're rolling, and we drive into a Sonic, and he goes, "Hey, what's the most disgusting drink combination you can possibly think of right now?" And I go. I don't think I want to tell you that because right. I feel like you're just going to buy that and you're yeah. going to make me drink it. And he goes, chocolate Sprite it is. And he turns to the microphone and he asks for a chocolate Sprite to my... I had a, I had a worse version of that in my brain. So I'm glad yeah. it it's the Sonic. I'm glad it was a Sonic-derived beverage. <laughs> Sonic-derived beverage. <laughs> I was really scared. Yeah. Just a, a fizzy there. Sprite with hot fudge syrup. That is exactly... Allie? Atrocious. I nailed exactly it. exactly what it is. I no. nailed The it. texture of that alone would be... And he goes, he t- he takes it, he acts like he's taking the sip, and then he's like, actually, that's kind of incredible. Here, try this. And I'm like, dog, there's not a shot I'm doing. He's like, no, 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 I, I promise, I promise. And for some reason, my youthful trust was still intact, and so I just took a big sip, and I actually almost threw up out the window. And I go, you said this was fine. And he goes, yeah, I didn't drink that. So you can't take big sips of things. Okay, Ale hates mango. Oh my god! And so there was a time where like we were got getting some of those. They weren't like they were the Olipop the sodas, Olipop. and so we got is. like a tropical. You'll punch pop off Olipop. And like, yeah, the tropical punch Olipops. Like, I, I like them a lot, but like, sh- like words of the wise, it tastes like mango juice. It tastes it like tastes straight up mango. Like nothing like tropical punch. And so like I had opened it and I took like a small sip of it because I had never had it before. And I was like, oh, what does it taste like? And I had not processed the full fra- flavor profile. So I was like, oh, it's fine. I was like, it's pretty good. 
And then, cause the other ones we had had like, weren't really, they were kind of weird. Yeah. And then, so like, all I say, I hand it to Ollie to try it. And she takes like a fucking gulp of it. And then it's dying. Okay. And I'm like, take a test. Sip, mind my you. guy. No mind you. No, mind you. no, no, no. Mind you. This fucking Olipop tropical punch can. It was, was like a blue, blue can with red lettering. was blue and There's there was not no... a mango in sight. Yeah. Of the fruits that were displayed in the front, not a single one. We have not been right. Like, unless the definition of tropical punch yeah. has changed. So I was, like, I was lulled into a false sense of security. By the fucking marketing of this can. Yeah, and I trusted it so honestly, heavily. should sue. But anyway, <laughs> I took that big ass swing. And like, I, when I tell you, like, I, uh, millions of people will, will be like, how the fuck do you not like mango? Genuinely, I do not taste the same thing that other people do yeah. when they taste mango. I like all other tropical fruits. It makes no logical sense it's just why I don't like mango. Thing. Yeah. It is literally a flavor that once it hits my tongue, I will gag. And I can taste it even in the smallest portions yeah. in a mixed drink or whatever, in smallest chunks, whatever. I will taste it and I will hate it. And so I took this swig and that was probably the most mango I've ever actually yeah, had it, in it my mouth at a given like time. Mango juice. And like, I love mango. So I liked it. But like, I had to take a couple more sips before I could articulate that it was in fact the always forbidden fruit. I was dry heaving into the sink. Fully. Yeah. And I was just sitting there and it took me a minute. I, I sipped it again. I was like, oh, it's mango. Fully. And I was traumatized. Like, you gotta learn <laughs> you gotta learn how to do a test sip. You uh, can't just be blind trusting <laughs> foreign beverages. We don't take half measures in this house. Well, since when in the history of ever has anything with mango ever been blue? Oh, I agree. Like, it, it's a no, conspiracy. You're right. It is in fact a conspiracy. And they normally put However, the fucking piece the mango fruit smack on the label. You have to walk through the world with it just a touch more cynicism. <laughs> just a little bit. You gotta listen, take a cautious, listen, a cautious step I've never been things. betrayed like I've been betrayed that day. No, you know what it is? They marketed the can after the Skittles tropical wrap. I don't give a fuck. I'm suing Olipop. <laughs> for then I'm here for all the Olipop that I've had that I like. Because I, I, I like I like mango, but it tastes like mango juice. No, yeah, I was I was dying. That was that was truly got off. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> You're trying to wash it down with like the other like Olipops that had like a weird chicory flavor for some reason. And I was like, why does it taste like this? It's rough, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole tangent we just went on. You're welcome. But I did I did want to talk to you about you recently won to be a character on Dandy DM's oh, like yeah. five part mini series with a very yeah. amazing character, which Incredible. was a flawless entry. I knew from the moment you made that video, I was like, if Andy does not win, There's I no am justice. personally DMing Dandy and yeah. being like, I'm going to hold a gun to your head till you choose this man. Yeah. It's like, I must. Well, please don't do that because I love Dandy so much. He is the I mean, I love, I love, I've I've I love him too, but Besides you know, you I was guys. willing to go to bat for you. What can I say? And I listen, nobody, <laughs> nobody appreciates that more than I do. <laughs> Let me be clear. Uh, you guys. Yeah, no, I, I really, it was funny because I didn't, I was like, okay, do I go back in the archives and I pull out a character that I haven't thought about in years? Do I go back to the desk and I get to work working on a new one? And I did the latter and I was like, all right, how am I going to make something that's really cool? And then first things first, go with a weird freaking race. If you want something weird, you got to go weird from the mm -hmm. jump. And so Loxon's always been one of my favorite races. And I just went with a big drum marine boy. Um, <laughs> all right. We, we turned that into kind of like a pirate theme campaign, not to give any spoilers or anything, but um, things things may look different than the way we originally portrayed them in our injuries. Mm -hmm. They all seem really, really cool, and we're all really genuinely excited about it. That Chess and Jiro should actually be happening this Tuesday. Oh. I'm going to be yeah. watching that shit. Is it going to be live, or is it pre-recorded? I don't know if it's going to be live. I think we're going to be... I think he's going to be recording it. Okay. Well, I don't know if he's going to be recording the session zero. He might, but he's yeah. definitely going to be recording okay. the sessions and then uploading them to his YouTube. But yeah, no, I'm I'm really, really excited about that. And making uh, Brash Briggs was actually a really fun experience for me and it's kind of complicated and making things fit the way i wanted them to fit sound the way i wanted them to sound i really wanted to tug at your heartstrings with this one. i love it i love it it's so, so good. much the voice it, is so good the do you still have the choice of like there there's still a bard right oh yeah there's still a bard 
Okay. And the piercings down the nose, that was a detail that you put in there that I was like, that is such a cool little yeah. flavor thing. It's and so like good. that they use their trunk, the trunk as like piercings, a flute. Yeah. That shit. I really do love that because, well, first of all, Andy can't make it anymore. This is now a brass brig guest. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. We've now been joined by Brass Briggs. Okay. Okay. Howdy, y'all. Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> pleasure to meet y'all. But uh, yeah, you know, my daddy, he uh, he was a good man and took it from us too soon. And I'm going to stop because I'm getting way off. I, I was, I felt myself actually. I was, I was like, fully I'll committed go. to the bit. Yeah. I was like, I will, uh, will turn this into a story time. But yeah, I just, what, what I think of like making cool little quirks aesthetically for characters i usually tie that pretty close to like one of their abilities and so like brash being very musically in tune i was like okay what's this seems very simple but it's like what's something that he can do it's like what's an aspect of his character physically that can be related to his love of music a a trunk is like a long flute thing like a clarinet make it a flute turn him into squidward but good yeah so I mean, the the Brass Briggs character was a really, like, you have a lot of interesting character choices. And I know you also wanted to talk about, like, how to make those choices in character creation to make things like your class be more personal and more attached to, like, who your character is as mm-hmm. a person. And, like, customizing that and kind of... Yeah. Do you want to talk about, like, a little bit of your process with that? Yeah. So, typically, when I think of making a new character... There's always like so I'm sure this is not unique by any metric, but like there's always some inspiration that goes into it, like some random moment in a show or movie that I saw. There's a character that I want to play. It's a backup character for one of my other campaigns, actually. Uh, her name is Mango and she's Mango. a E-flavor. Oh, no, I listen, I swear I'm not even joking. That, that's real. This- <laughs> that's the <laughs> foreshadowing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I my brain didn't even connect that until <laughs> literally just now. So, Mungo Mungo, this is not an affront to you. Mm-hmm. I care no. for you very deeply. Sure. Sentient mango with horns. No, it's fine. I just keep getting betrayed by the people closest to me. It's cool. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's, cool. it's a forbidden veggie tail <laughs> situation. Listen, it's not my fault that your taste buds mm-hmm. think a normal fruit is gross. <laughs> Okay, I'll accept that reality. Okay, there you go. So everything about her is kind of unorthodox and weird and gross. And for the big piece, this is something that I cleared with my dungeon master. Instead of fire for her hellish rebuke, I was like, hey, would you mind if, because she's like this freaking weird baby child of a dragon, like an acid dragon and a tiefling, can we make her hellish rebuke just acid? And instead of, like, spewing fire, she just barfs up acid on people. (laughs) Incredible. And that was something that I really had to work to to get cleared. But they were like, yeah, actually, I don't mind that. It's like, okay, cool. That's all I want. (laughs) And there was a great moment in the first time, because I I did get to play, like, a version of her years ago. In the first time I ever played her, this poor kobold got melted down to the bone. uh, Oh. Because he walked up and hit her and uh you like that sometimes i mean the law of fuck around and find out does apply sometimes you hit a woman named mango and you get melted off to the bone to the bone it'd be that way actually pretty fitting so i'm gonna turn this full circle and say i did mean it that way (laughs) you did her acid is just secretly mango juice god (laughs) in all this like hellscape world what if hell mangoes are acid there we go yeah i hate it mangoes are acid mangoes are acid birds are drones and mangoes are acid there we go you You heard it here first this is this is officially like an anti-mango propaganda podcast (laughs) yeah specifically only meant to to down to to uh put out negative negative marketing against mangoes Mm -hmm. Man. The pineapple, uh, be- not beholder. The pineapple mimic can consume all the mangoes. That's its ultimate yeah. Goal. That's that's our new mascot. You're hearing it here live. Pineapple mimic. mango. <laughs> God, why did I just think of a comic of of that though? No, yeah, I don't need another idea. Stop no, we we're, we're on a million and one projects right now. We can't we can't be tacking on more. I can't be up at three in the morning drawing a pineapple mimic chasing mangoes. No. No. A pineapple mimic chasing mangoes with a picket sign saying, don't trust Big Mango. Yeah. They but in the style of like an old timey cartoon that's meant to be like. Yeah, no, that's what I was Like thinking. a political cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> like anti-mango propaganda. Like only you can stop mangoes. <laughs> only you can stop God. I need that. Oh, that's a shirt it. specifically just for me. Yeah. 
that's I'm the I'm the only person on that target market. Mm-hmm. But by God, we'll make it. <laughs> I'll I'll buy one. Shoot. In in moral support. Yeah, we'll morally. Yeah, we will. Support what do you mean moral? <laughs> I I just want the shirt. <laughs> like I'm just trying to get a t-shirt, man. You'll you'll get a I'm bunch of free t-shirts. Free. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, going back to that point, it's uh that's just an an example of the rules. Blah blah blah. Say, well, it's got to be fire damage. But like, when you really feel that draw of yo, this would be freaking cool. That's something. Just go to your dungeon master with it and be like, hey, listen, cool idea. Say yay or nay. But yeah. XYZ. They'll either say yeah or not. Sometimes they don't really have a good reason for saying nah, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, it's it's their game at the end of the day. But like a lot of the times I feel like, like we do a lot of like describing and flavoring how our spells work and stuff. And like, yeah, there are situations like if you're fighting like, I don't know, like ice methods, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Um, mm-hmm. Like methods are truly never far from our consciousness at yeah. this point. For some, they're just float around there for some weird reason you know and you have like you can do fire damage or something so you do double damage like yeah there are those situations but unless like everything in your campaign you're, is you're in an ice world extremely, and you've given yeah, someone fire power right. right then there's no real reason to not align things or have a little bit more fun with it because like unless again then some people also may run like crunchier more technical campaigns than we tend to yeah. where it is like the damage types of like is it bludgeoning is it piercing whatever like we don't really do that. It's just kind of like damage is damage. Yeah. So then it's like, well, why not make it cool? Yeah. I think the f- the flavor aspect, we, I mean, we live and die by the hustle at our table, to be honest. Yeah. I'm like the Respect. one of the worst offenders for that. Um, <laughs> Y'all really I've do be batting your fucking eyelashes bit. at me half the time. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, I think as though, like, I do not care. Like, I do not care if I get shot. I don't care if I get turned down. I know the shit I'm saying is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's just I kind of operate by the worst thing you're going to hear is no. Yeah. Like, instinct with that. And so I'm like, what if this weird thing? Yeah. But like, I also like, as far as character flavoring, like, I remember one specific instance where back when we were in our previous, like, campaign, and I was like, first kind of deciding what I wanted to play. I remember running the idea of like a half ASMR, half tiefling. Mm-hmm. And um, my DM at the time, who is someone we don't talk to anymore, posed the problem with that, that he, he kind of posed it to me that if I played that character, I would basically have to pay it, be constantly conflicted between my two lineages and in in a way he painted it as like basically she would have to be like kind of almost starting to get driven mad by it or like and i don't think that's fair like Like, that's something bipolar emotions and things like that and i wasn't really yeah which problematic but i wasn't into it was one of those things where i like i pitched the idea and i thought it would be cool and the way he kind of shot me down in that because i was like the things he told me i would have to do in order to play that character made you feel uncomfortable made me feel uncomfortable and yeah. I was like, well, I wouldn't want to play her like that. Like, like I just I want it wanna... for the aesthetic. Right. I don't yeah. want it for whatever Well, else. that's what I love about like our current DM for Alderaan campaign, Teddy, how he makes his characters because it's like we can, he's like, hey, everybody's a, a weird mix of everything because we're all like, there's no pure, you know, pure elves, pure anything at this point. Everybody's sort of intermingled. So we're all like at least a conglomeration of two different races and we just pick like, it's like, oh, you can have three class abilities and we don't take um like ability modifiers when we first make our characters we can you can of like asi levels so it's just like whatever version of that you want to pick of like do you have more of this class ability do you have more of that and you do a similar thing because like vex's character callista in our strict saving campaign came to is, me being like i want to be half asmr half tiefling and yeah. i was like over my dead body will you not be allowed to do right. that because <laughs> i wanted that <laughs> there's really there's a lot of ways to like work that out and I think sometimes, I don't know, I'm just not this GM, like, or DM where I feel the need to control everything. Like, no. if it's a story that I want to control everything in, then I'll write it. Yeah. Right? And it's like, that's a different vibe yeah. fully. Then it's fun because it's co-collaborating and it's other people's insanity mixing with mine. Hence, like, I do that arguably too much, Mm -hmm. which is like what I've done with VTM where I have almost fucked myself because I just now have, like, pulled my plot threads together where I'm like, (laughs) cool, I know how, like, roughly the arcs we can go into and everything just because like I wanted to know what cool ideas y'all had and I wanted you to be as engaged in the game as you could And I like, I know for me, like, 
you are more engaged and you are more excited when you have that opportunity to co-create with the DM. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. And it it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for a few reasons. Like the, we were just sort of talking about this earlier. I won't reignite this debate, but we weren't debating it. We were just discussing like some systems are not uh, inclusive in the language they use when talking about mental illness or chronic illness or disabilities or anything like that. And it is especially with things like, like in that example, yeah. mental illness of like that DM was not mentally ill. Yeah. And it's like, that is especially using the like bipolar disorder of like, that is one that is very often fetishized and like used in yeah. as like a cliche or like a plot, like a catch. And it's like, I just, that's incredibly uncomfortable. No, Like if that's something yeah. you want to explore in your character, like, Okay. Yeah, we I can think do that. I think the main thing, and like, but don't of, use that to try to shoot someone down. Like, yeah. just say you don't want to work out the mechanics, or you don't know how to work out the mechanics. Yeah, and, and admit you don't. You know, and you'd rather deal you'd rather it. we stick to like one one race yeah. or like half human, half whatever, like yeah. the normal basic stuff. Like that would have been fine. Don't like make you feel like shit about it. So yeah, you back yeah. or be like, oh, you can do it, but then you're gonna have to do have this. to deal with all these like these specific consequences yeah of like how i'm dictating that you have to play this character it was similar to with like with cadence or like that dm just like could not get his head around oh yeah like a war forged having any kind of like intimate or sexual relations yeah. with anyone else and i'm like listen we live in like we have like our one of our players Alyssa is like obsessed with the transformers yeah like you're obsessed with mass effects both y'all were like listen we have the literature uh like i've got the content if you (laughs) need reference material if you need yeah like if it's a question of knowledge like we have we have it for you we can give you a powerpoint presentation right now but it's just like let me ask you a question have you ever heard of hr dagger yeah yeah it's just like there were there were i mean there were you know a lot of things that made that an unhealthy situation but that sort of power game of not owning if he didn't want to do something or he didn't feel comfortable doing something and twisting it in a way that would make either us as the player or us as a person feel uncomfortable and feel uncomfortable enough to where then we would back off and he would win that power struggle. And that was a very overarching issue. Yeah, and in result, it caused me to like, I was having issues playing Cadence the way I wanted to because I was kind of pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. And because like it's for for listeners, like we were, uh, we've mentioned it lightly, but I don't know if we've ever outright said like it was a Ravenloft like kink campaign. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a horror kink campaign. And yes, so that the- we should not have been doing that. No, we did not have a set lines and veils conversation. Yes, that's dumb. Yes, that's why that's like I mean, our main We did independently with the DM. With the the DM, problem was that we never had we one with the group together. as a whole. Gr- that's granted, like, the yeah, that's not acceptable, but, like, granted, the actual campaign was pretty much okay. Like, but the, the only thing is, like... Yeah, it went okay. It was just irresponsible. Yeah. But the the things with my character was, like, okay, I made her before before we had decided it was going to be a kink yeah, campaign. Yeah, you made Caden Square. Before like, we had even had, like, most of the players involved. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like you, me, DM and I, I believe. Yeah. And so then I had made her, I had fallen in love with the, the character. And then once we got into the campaign, I was like trying to figure out how to get that element of the campaign <laughs> the way that everybody else was, was getting it. And he couldn't contend with it. And then that was pigeonholing me in a place where I was like, cool. So this is a kink campaign where everybody else is getting their rocks off and right. my character cannot. Right. And it's a thing of like nothing wrong like i'm demi i there's nothing absolutely wrong with playing an asexual character or anything like that if that's what you want to do but again it's a thing of like being forced into that corner yeah when like it is not like either he should have communicated that clearly yeah like which i think he eventually did after like months when you're like what is like why are you just rebuffing yeah which then resulted in me like okay if you can't come to terms with it and i'm no longer feeling yeah happy with the character and how the story's going yeah that's why we ended up like killing her off and going into a different character. But it got to the point where you were so uncomfortable that you were like, I will just get rid of this character that I do enjoy playing yeah. a lot of things about her because you are not helping me find a solution. So I will yeah. make one for you, which yeah. is getting rid of this character. Yeah. Which and that's, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like as a DM, one to clarify, 
you are able to turn down ideas if you oh, are fully. genuinely yeah. like this is not work for for what I have in mind or like I, it's not something I'm comfortable portraying. That's perfectly doesn't okay. Feel, doesn't fit the scene. Doesn't fit yeah. the tone. Yeah, that it is okay to make those judgment calls. Yeah. Just be honest. But I think like it taking is, ownership. Yeah. of like, hey, this isn't something I'm really happy to do. Or hey, this isn't like I know when we started like our Vampire the Masquerade. It's Fall of London. It's a Camarilla campaign. So I was like, hey, I. And like y'all are all older kindreds. So I was like, we're not going to be thin bloods because they're all super young. And like, I'd, I'd rather you not be like kaitiff or clanless because like they're kind of all anarchs or like just rogue parties. And it yeah. just, it's not, you're going to have a hard time. You're not really, you're not physically going to fit in the Camarilla like court. Yeah. But literally any other clan, I'll work it in. Yeah. I don't care you if can it's a traditional set, high clan. You can set your own boundaries as a DM. But and not inhibiting that. the creativity of your players. Yeah. And I told you why, like why I yeah. did not want you to pick from those clans of like, because like, I don't know how I will work those in or if it is even possible, mm -hmm. but I own that, that that was like my own yeah. thing. And having those conversations building. from the dump facilitates that being a lot easier. Cause if you, if you agree to something, but then go back on it or whatever, I mean, to say that not necessarily like, like with y'all in our campaign, I was a new DM when we started. For sure. And I was like, I have no concept for where the fuck is broken. So I'm going to say yes to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And then if at some point, once we're in the game, I realize, hey, yo, this shit all... I've, I've messed up. I yeah. fucked up. <laughs> this is this shit's a little broken. <laughs> uh, like I've explained to all of you, like I have the right to take something right. back, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to leave you with nothing. No. We can rework it. We can figure out how to balance it. But like if I've promised something we may, and it turns out it's more than what your character should have right now like then we can we'll figure out how to balance it out but it's a conversation between me and y'all and making sure that like y'all yep. are still getting your fun out of it but i'm also not making my own life hell because i've just said yes to yeah. everything and it's like oh cool now we got to rock a tarrasque up in here in this yeah. little for yeah, you know party fight because i've given you all like god weapons yeah kill the soul or yeah. kill its bow and you're level three that's fun. like <laughs> right. I, yeah like <laughs> that's something i had to learn with with, with my boys during their first campaign is because I was just so ready for it. Like I, I understood the assignment of they are the heroes of this campaign. Mm -hmm. I want to make them definitely feel like it. Mm -hmm. But like at one point they were just lawnmowering everything I was putting in front of them. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Do I go more people? That is. <laughs> do I balance these encounters? Do like, I is go it only dragons now? It's not rats. It's just only dragons. Yeah. Right. And, and I think at a certain like... point, at a certain point, I just realized, um, yeah, no, I gotta not give them that axe yet. I gotta mm -hmm. not give them that sword yet. Yeah. No, that's that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, and like that takes practice, and it's tough to know. Like when you're doing that, and I think it also depends on like we're fortunate for Strixhaven of like all of us are experienced players now, and we're all good about being respectful of like if something comes up in like OSRP or comes up in like an RP scenario, mm -hmm. like it is not something we're gonna then try to leverage in combat to like get away with something that yeah. we shouldn't be able to do. Yeah, like I think like in one of our my example like in one like our current like out of session like written role plays that we're doing like i'm probably gonna have my characters deities send their two like reaper sentinels mm -hmm. in to just like i honestly peep and watch like another like our oak our friend of ours like do this interrogation and also just be terrifying mm -hmm. but it's like by no means can my character just summon, summon these, these god reapers like she is not summoning them the god is letting them through and like it mm -hmm. is just for flavor and because i had like a fun horrific idea yeah to throw into this like dark osrp that we're doing like they are not at her beck and call. They were at the beck and call of a deity. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like. Right. Yeah. And I think I as the DM like approached you where I was like, hey, just temperature checking. This is like a funny haha. -ha, and this is like because yeah. just for for my own reference of like later, like this is not something I'm no. just allowing to happen. And then They're later not gonna you're gonna regular... pull this shit out on me and I'm yeah. gonna be like, oh fuck. <laughs> no, no, no. Like one <laughs> thing, I promise. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I just had like a fucked up idea that I'm like, I this would be fun. Yeah. But like, no, you were not gonna the like bringers of death are not going to be a reoccurring yeah. cast member. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do definitely like allow a lot of stuff at our game, and I'm like, it'll be good for the plot for sure. Um, but it is, it is, it is good to create. That's why we've harped on it multiple times. But like, 
creating an environment where that communication line is open between both you and your players, because mm-hmm. like the DM sure. and GM is a player too. Like this is your thing that you are having fun with ideally. And if you are not, there's something's wrong. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But you should be able to approach your players the same way that they approach you and discuss your comfort levels, discuss what you're allowing and what you're not allowing and things like that. And just, mm-hmm. and work through it with them yeah. and not just dictate at them. Like what can and can't happen. And articulate things that like, you know, about the world, like with your situation mm-hmm. with Bex or like with certain situations, like I had conversations with you about like stuff Revno was maybe going to do about, because like you as the DM have more information about the world than your players do. Yeah. And so they may not understand the full gravity of, of what they're something. about to do. <laughs> right. And so it's like expressing that and being like, okay, like I want you to make an informed decision yeah. as the person driving this character with the knowledge that I am not going to make an exception and cancel out all the rules and like laws of physics for yeah. the society to like preserve your character from the consequences of their choice. Yeah. But if you want to make that choice, Go for it. Go go with that God. That is your choice. Yep. <laughs> but like, I, and I will pray for you and myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it is very much like, it was It was fun. It was not fun, but it was like funny t- to me in the in the aftermath of like being in that scene in the moment, having that DM panic. And there is a little bit of an I instinct. Panicked. I panicked for her and for you. Yeah, there's a little bit of an instinct party. of like, I got to reel this back. And I, and I was, and I sat with it for a while because I was debating. I was like, do I have a Hail Mary in my back pocket, mm-hmm. right? Of like, if she does do this at the ball, do I have somebody swoop in and just yep. like stop her? But when I thought about it, I was like, I don't feel good about that. That feels like I'm taking her agency away. Yeah, at least and with, without a lot of um, cheese talking lot of to her. A lot yeah. of cheese, a lot of cheddar. <laughs> yeah. Like if you have a conversation before and then it's like, oh, that could actually be kind of fun. Or like she goes to do something and someone swoops in and silences her or something. But getting, you know, talking to your player before about that is super important yeah. and not just doing it blindly. Exactly. Because I don't want her then to sit. I know she has an idea of what the thing she wants to do is going to is going to cause. And be, uh, like you said, I have information as the GM that dictates differently. Yep. So I recognize that after thinking about it. And I was like, okay, I just need to come to her and be like, hey, I know you want to do this thing. However, however, like, <laughs> here's what you that's going to blowing up your character's entire life. Yeah. And fully. It's not casual or casual. And money. there's not a way that I can reconcile that. <laughs> yeah for you like i'm trying and i'm having a hard time like i don't have a hell mary like there's nothing here your character's family is looking at me being like bitch yeah they have you hogtied and thrown in the back of the train it's like if if your character says this thing and it leaves her mouth and is in the public domain of that world yeah it's gonna be rough it is irrevocable and it cannot be taken back and there will be consequences for real and so i'm like cool on top of she's in her ancestral home i'm like damn you're gonna be a, a real cute rapunzel just up in a tower yeah. not seeing the light like, of day please don't make us have to fight our way out this island <laughs> that, yeah, that you cannot cast magic to get out of. with no magic yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah no i was like cool and then i like after talking with mariah through it i was like okay I feel much better about the fact of like, you know, yes, I have her whole arc basically planned out. And mm-hmm. when she dropped that bomb on me, I was like, that will throw everything I've planned yeah. out the window. Like, fuck it, Strix, that's, that's a like, whole. You thought my character bringing Raina in early for the parent teacher yeah. meeting was wild. No, was the like, campaign no, is nothing. gone. The campaign is gone and I have to start from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, at the same time, we could do it. We could do it. And like that could lead down some whole different path and yeah. it could still, and it will still be fun. And I'm okay with that. But it, it is that moment of like, I need you. I need you to think real long and hard. Yeah. We are level three. About it's what like, we're about to do. Yeah. It's like, we can even, I mean, even if we want to keep that in our back pocket until we're like, I don't know, like level eight, I feel better about that at level eight than I do at level three. <laughs> Can my character's griffin get to riding size? <laughs> it's currently a dog size. Yeah, it's so like the size of an owl on the griffin. in Baldur's Gate. In Baldur's Gate, the baby owl bear. Yeah. So it's like, can Atlas get to bearing human size? Not, not that quickly, because he's gonna be big. He's going, he's going to be big. But it takes time. But yeah, no, it's interesting. It's fun. It is that element of like, I gotta, I, uh, I will and will always embrace that chaos because y'all do be throwing me some curveballs. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, even if it's going against everything you've already worked on, I understand the the game that this is, this tabletop yeah. experience. And more often than not, 
the things you didn't plan for and end up becoming the best like memories and yeah. parts of the game that you could ever experience. The magic really comes from those improv moments. hundred percent. So it's, it's never like, I don't ever want to shut that shit down entirely. No, and um, we, we've had experiences where that has happened. And so it's yeah. like, you don't, it is like the, it's the drum we always be right. Of like, talk to people have like, this is why like, those session zero combos, like not just lines and veils, like the style of game you want to play, mm-hmm. or the style of game you want to run as a DM. And then just keeping those lines of communication open where you can be like, Hey chief, like we gotta, we gotta do a little check in. This is a, this is a lot. <laughs> this is you like just fully ass in the wind. In the yeah. middle of this. Like, <laughs> we're like, okay. Uh, like I'm not against it or for it, but yeah, it's something. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, it looks like I believe we are coming up on time here. No. <laughs> it's so no. sad. That's uh, wild. It does not feel like we it does not feel like on. it was. <laughs> it took that long. But thank you so much, Andy, for coming on. You are thank you're you. so wonderful and no. so beautiful and so amazing and so funny. And I love you. No. You. Yes. No. Yes. yes. No, that's you. No, you. it us, okay? Oh, no, it all of us. Oh, no, it all of us. Porcano los dos. <laughs> Porcano los dos. But yeah, if you don't mind giving out, you know, a little bit about who you are again and the exciting projects that you got going on and where people can find you one more time before we sign off. Like I said, guys, you can find me on TikTok at ValveMax010, not ValveMax0010. That guy's a scammer. I don't like him. Could be a girl. Don't know. Hates equal. <laughs> My hate does not discriminate. It does not. That's but true. yeah, you can you can find me there, Valvemax010 on TikTok. I haven't posted my first post of 2024, but I'm brainstorming. I'll probably have something there soon. I'm gonna be in a mini series, uh, mini shot with Dandy DM, who's DMing Noctopus, Farm Grown co- uh, cosplays, and Emma Romama. We're all gonna be setting sail on some random adventure. To probably our doom. I'm really excited about it, and they're all lovely, lovely people. It's been great getting to know them lately. But that's me. And that's um, awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you. This this was so much fun. I love it. I love yeah. it here. I don't want to leave. I'm not <laughs> Stay forever. Squatting, squatting rights. <laughs> squatting rights. Squatting. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening um, to this episode with Andy, and we will see y'all next time. Bye. 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 Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG, or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.